The long and winding podcast. Dun, 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 dun. No, it's not a long and winding podcast. My, my podcasts are relatively short compared to most. It's only a half hour. Half hour of sheer joy. Oh, welcome to the Harlan Highway podcast, as I stated. I am uh, Harlan Williams, your main man of mirth right here taking you, navigating you through this podcast. Uh, today, holy smokes, do you eat craft dinner? Do you eat craft uh, macaroni and cheese? Well, you may not want to after this story. Yikes! Or you may want it more like I do. Who knows? Uh, wait till you hear. Also, this, this is, this is going to sound wrong, but yet it was also right. I slept with a major celebrity, a man. I, I, I slept with one of the most famous athletes in the world today. I slept with him, and I'm not even joking. It's, it's, I know. Wait till you hear this story. I'm going to get to it right out of the gate. And then what's the worst crime you've ever uh, committed? How about under the uh, eye for imprisonment? Yeah, this is a bad bingo story gone bad. And they're always bad because this is the Harland Highway. Welcome to the Harland Highway. All right, let's get this sucker going, huh? You are causing a major disturbance on my time. It's the Harland Highway. What's up, brah? If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? <gasps> I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. Am I hallucinating here? Just what in the hell do you think you're doing? You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. This is your fucking wake-up call, man. You're riding down the Harland Highway with Harland Williams. In 30 seconds, you'll be dead. And I'll blow this place up and be home in time for cornflakes. Okay, I am just going to get to this and get to it really fast. Um, I slept with Tom Brady. Oh, God, I said it. Um... The quarterback, the Super Bowl winning quarterback of the New England Patriots, I I slept with him. Okay, I'm not even lying. I'm not even I wish I was I wish I was BSing you or doing one of my kooky characters or goofing around, but ladies and finurdle splurgans I slept with Tom Brady. The shame, the guilt, the the embarrassment. Let, let me explain. I was on a flight. I was on a plane going uh, across country to Florida, from L.A. to Florida. And uh, I sat in the second row of the plane, you know, first class, because that's the way I roll play. Uh. And uh, the two seats in front of me were the only empty seats. They're getting ready to close the door. In walks this really tall guy with an old man. And I kind of look up, and it's a late flight. It's like, you know, it's almost a borderline red-eye flight. I look up, and I go, wait a minute. Underneath that baseball hat, that, ladies and snurdle flitlins, is Tom Brady, superstar quarterback for the New England Patriots. Uh, so I was super excited. 
And, uh, you know, I didn't say anything to the guy. He he was being low-key. And uh, it turns out, I guess he was with his dad. His dad was flying with him. And uh, I saw his dad was actually wearing the Super Bowl ring. I guess Tom gave this, one of his Super Bowl rings to his dad. Tom did not have a Super Bowl ring. I believe he had a wedding band on. But I did not see a Super Bowl ring, which would make a very nice wedding band, by the way. I now pronounce you man and wife and champion. Um, but anyways, as I said, it was a night flight. And you know what? During the night flights, after they get all the meals and everything out of the way, they dim the lights. And in first class, you know, a lot of the time when the chairs go back, they really go back. Okay. So Tom Brady, once they he had his meal and they dimmed the lights, guess what, gang? He was sitting right in front of me. Back goes his seat. And all of a sudden, as the flight wears on, I find myself getting tired. And then I notice uh, the team man, Tom Brady, is fast asleep, literally a foot from me. And just seeing how close we were, when he lowered his seat back, his head and shoulders were over, hovering over my knees. Okay, his the back of his seat came down over my legs to a degree. That's how close we were. So here's Tom Brady sleeping. I can see the top of his skull and his hair. He's taking his hat off now. And he's doing one of these things where he reaches back and puts his hands kind of for comfort or to stretch or whatever. He reaches back behind his head and grabs the back of the seat. And first of all, I'm going, good God, these are the hands of Ben Graham from the Fantastic Four. The guy, it's no wonder he was born to play football. This guy has hands the size of Minnesota, man. I mean, huge hands. Kooky, nutty hands, man. And I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, should I just reach out and touch his hands? I mean, those are Super Bowl hands. A foot and a half from my face. Super Bowl hands. How many of you can say that? You've had Super Bowl hands a foot and a half from your face. <laughs> and I'm just studying them. I'm looking at them. I'm looking at the, the nails. I'm looking at the, the wrinkles on his fingers. I'm looking at the shape, the bone structure, the veins, the skin tone, the hair. I mean, ladies and snurdle flurgans, these are Super Bowl hands a foot and a half from my face. I'm like, wow. And eventually the novelty wore off, and I felt my eyes getting heavy. And I'm thinking, well, if Tom Brady's asleep, surely I can be asleep about a foot and a half away. So guess what? I fall asleep. I fall asleep with little Tom Brady. Literally, we were, we were, you know, I, I was probably closer to Tom Brady than some girls I've slept with in a big, in a big bed. You know, in some beds when you have a big king size bed or whatever, and you're with your loved one, and maybe you just want some space, and you, you go right to the edge of the bed, and she goes to the other edge of the bed, and there's like two, three feet between you. So I'm closer with Tom Brady, and here we are sleeping together. Oh, yeah, girls and boys. I hope you're envious. Um, 
So technically, we are sleeping together. I mean, we are in we are within inches of cuddling. We're within uh, about a foot of spooning, ladies and snurdle flirtings. Okay, and this isn't a, a gay thing. This is just two guys, two innocent commuters, two travelers on Virgin America. And we were still Virgin Americans when we landed. Thank you very much. So that proves that nothing happened. There was no, there was no physical, you know, homosexual encounter. It was just two friendly guys, two professional guys, one athlete, one actor slash comedian sleeping together in an airplane. What is there a problem, La- ladies and snifflerdles? <laughs> so, for all you you chickies out there, you're probably jealous as all hell that yours truly, your your podcast uh, your podcast chairman of the board here, slept with Tom Brady, and all, even all you dudes out there are probably like, no way, I want to sleep with a Super Bowl champion, man. So there you go. And I'll tell you the only the only weird thing is nobody bugged the guy. And you can see, look, I've talked to you about this before. When you when you are a recognizable public figure, you have to carry a certain type of energy. You know, it's it's in the way you look, it's your posture, it's just the way you glance around. And hopefully the average person picks up on it and it's kinda like, you know what, I'm a good guy, but I just please don't approach me. Please don't bug me. And Brady definitely had that that energy. I recognized it immediately. I I carry it around myself. Not to the degree he does. I'm not trying to say that, but I do have to deal with that in my life. A lot, quite a bit, actually. And sometimes you just got to wear this kind of mask that's kind of like, you know what, please don't interrupt my day. I know you recognize me, but please, you know, just stand back. And Brady definitely had that thing going on. So nobody bugged him except, get this, the stewardess or the flight attendant. Oh, yeah. Like, we were about 20 minutes from landing. She's getting everyone to put their chairs up. Mr. Brady, could you put your chairs up? Oh, and by the way, I never do this. I, it's so unprofessional. I never do this. So why are you doing it, lady? Could I, when we land, could I get your picture? And you could tell, I know the body language. You could tell Brady was just like, are you serious? I took the first seat on the plane in first class. I came on last so no one would see me. Exactly so I won't have to deal with any of these type of requests. And who do I get it from? The person working on the plane who's trained not to do that stuff. But she just ignores protocol and she harasses my sleeping buddy. All right? She she harasses my bedmate. She harasses my almost spoon snuggler. My dream, my Super Bowl dream spooner snuggler. And sure enough, the plane lands. And just before they open the door, there's there's Brady having to pose with this, this lady. It was a nice lady, but very inappropriate. I think she kind of missed what Tom Brady was doing way up there on the front seat. 
but outside of that, you had an uneventful flight. I did not do anything. Unless when I was asleep, I did something. I, I can't account for what I do when I'm asleep. Maybe, maybe my hands ruffled his hair. Maybe my hands gave him a manicure. Maybe I leaned over the back of his seat and put my my cheek, the, my cheek on my face, on his cheek, and we slept together. Maybe I talked in my sleep and and said things. There's Brady. Brady. He's looking downfield. Brady at the five yard line. He's looking for an opening in the end zone. Brady sees out. Brady throws touchdown. Brady. You know I could have done that in my sleep. I don't know. I was asleep. You can't you can't hold me accountable. So, anyways, there's my story. I I just blurted out right out of the gate. Let's let's put it in stone like the Ten Commandments. I slept with Super Bowl champion of the New England Patriots, Tom Brady. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Please fasten your seatbelts. Put your seatbacks up. We will be landing soon in the spoon position. Hello! Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and and still think there's something greater out there for me? Me, I thank God. It's got to be more than this. What's the answer? The Harlan Highway. Yes, of course, the Harlan Highway is always the answer. Thank you very much. Uh, but do you have the answer for this? How about this? This is scary. This, this, this affects me directly. Because I am a, uh, I am a craft dinner, or uh, you know the craft macaroni and cheese, the little box that you make. You know, you pour it in the boiling water, and you stir in the powder, and you put in the butter and the milk, and you eat it. Oh, craft macaroni and cheese, or as we call it in Canada, craft dinner. And I think uh, in every home, it's kind of a staple, right? So how about this? This this is scary. This this is uh, this is a little, uh, but at the same time, maybe it's delicious. Uh. So listen to this. Uh, you probably know Kraft Dinner, the easy to make, tasty comfort food in the blue box, is one of the most popular grocery items in America. Some actually call it America's national dish. I thought I was America's national dish, by the way. Thank you very much. But there is a troubling reason why Kraft Dinner is bright orange when it's ready to eat. Here we go. Here comes the sad part. Kraft uses chemical coloring that serves no purpose for flavoring or nutrition. Uh, I wonder how many foods do that. I don't think Kraft Dinner is alone with that effort. I think, like, almost everything does that. Uh, this chemical, labeled as tartazine or yellow 5, has been linked by experts to serious health issues like asthma, asthma skin rashes, and hyperactivity in children. And yet, aren't children the ones that we're feeding this stuff to the most? And listen to this. And while those chemicals are not used in other countries, Kraft Dinner sold in North America still includes it just to make the food a brighter color. Uh, How about that? 
How about that little revelation here on the highway, gang? Uh, so it says, keeping this chemical in craft dinner is an unne- unnecessary potential risk. I don't know. I mean, aren't skin rashes and hyperactivity and asthma caused by just about anything? I mean, don't don't people claim you drink a coffee and you get hyper? Can you get a skin rash from from uh, drinking wine or uh, eating anything? Too much sugar, maybe? Asthma, really? I, I don't know. L- listen, I'm not the expert here, but I, I've been eating that crap my whole life. And probably every kid I know has been eating. And I don't, I don't see any kid over at the craft wing of the hospital. I don't see anyone in the uh, noodle ward. You know, I mean, if, if they said serious health issues and it says, you know, children are turning orange... Right or children are glowing orange, or babies are coming out of women who eat craft dinner and they're orange and they smell like cheese. Okay, let's get rid of uh, yellow number five. Let's get rid of the tartazine. But uh, listen, folks, I think most most uh, foods, most processed foods. Even, uh, and I don't know if you want to hear this, but even fruits, vegetables, tomatoes, apples, they put dye on these things, gang. They put coloring on even fresh fruit to make it more tantalizing, more appealing. They put chemicals to make them shinier and crispier. And, oh, it's, I mean, I don't know how Kraft Dinner got singled out here, but, uh, you know. And call me a health nut idiot. Call me the reverse of a health nut. Call me just an idiot, which most of you usually do. I like the bright orange, glowing neon, risk-filled orange noodles. Half the fun is pouring that horrible chemical, chemical bonfire onto your craft Dinner noodles, man. And for some reason, the, the the brighter that cheesy powder gets, the, the more my mouth seems to water. To hell with yellow five. Give me, give me a pouch of yellow 12, man. Crank it up a few shades. Okay? G- give me, uh, take me to level yellow 53. Let's see how that pound puppy works. <laughs> I mean, come on. I want to turn yellow the way they, the Simpsons turn yellow. I want to turn orange, man. I don't know. I mean, you've been to a fancy restaurant, right? They're like, it's all in the preparation. It's all in the display. It's all in the presentation. You know, you go to a fancy restaurant. They put a, you know, they'll put a s- slab of uh, celery on the side or some parsley or they'll sprinkle like you know cinnamon or they'll you know sprinkle pomegranate seeds or they'll drizzle caramel or chocolate they'll drizzle chocolate across your pork chop for some reason like chocolate and pork go together well 
So all these colors and these little accents on food are designed to uh, heighten our appetite, heighten our senses, make our mouths water. And, uh, you know, if by making something bright orange does the trick, I'm, I'm all for it, man. In fact, I stopped uh, today. I was going through traffic and I stopped and ate five traffic cones, man. I mean, those things are orange. I thought they were giant, uh, giant craft dinner noodles running down the highway. Holy God, pull over. <laughs> Little rubbery, but I'll take them. So there you go. There you go, gang. And by the way, why is it called uh, yellow? Why is it called yellow number five when it's clearly orange? See, even that's like a, even that's like de- deceptive. The whole thing. Now I'm starting to wonder what the hell the noodles are. What are those noodles made out of? What the hell are we eating? I don't care. It's delicious. Thank you. One cheeseburger with everything coming up. Now, how many of you have been arrested, been to jail, been in trouble with the authorities, with the law? Uh, check it out, man. Check it out. How about, have you ever been arrested for yelling bingo? Bingo! Uh, this is a crazy story. This is about a, a young teenager who, uh, you know, had nothing better to do. So he wandered into a bingo hall full of grannies and yelled bingo. <laughs> and they... They slapped him in cuffs. Have a listen. Don't mess with bingo, ladies. One mischievous teen learned that the hard way. He disrupted a very serious bingo match and got slapped with cuffs. For 18-year-old Austin Whaley, what may have seemed like a harmless prank spelled trouble. Last month, the teen walked into a local bingo hall in his hometown of Covington, Kentucky, and did the unthinkable. He yelled out, bingo. Bingo! The hall was filled with mostly elderly women. And according to an off-duty officer working security, quote, when they realized it wasn't a real bingo, they started hooting and hollering and yelling and cussing. People take their bingo very seriously. Bingo! That's when things got serious for Whaley. Instantly grabbed my hand, handcuffs me. And then takes me to the back of his cruiser. Bingo! The officer arrested Whaley and issued a citation for second-degree disorderly conduct, saying the, quote, violator caused alarm to patrons. Bingo! Though the teen faced up to 90 days in jail and a $250 fine, the judge didn't throw the book at the bingo bandit. Bingo! His punishment? For starters, he can no longer walk by the bingo hall. And he's also been ordered to think before speaking. Whaley can't say the word bingo for six months. Bingo! I kind of try to say it backwards, like, oming or something, something along the lines of that. Kids out there, don't say mingo in the mingo hall. A new word not to live by. Bingo! Now, the officer who arrested Whaley said the offense was no different than yelling fire in a crowded theater. If Whaley stays out of trouble for the next six months, and that includes not saying the forbidden word, the judge says the disorderly conduct charges will be dismissed. Bingo! Wow. Oh, man. What a, what a life lesson, huh? Don't be, don't be doing drive-by bingos, playa. I mean, can you imagine that kid in prison? In the in the lockdown up up, up at uh, you know San Quentin or uh, 
you know, uh, some some big high-security prison. This guy's somebody's prison bitch. Yeah, you can just imagine late at night, you're laying in bed. Some guy's playing the harmonic in the background. And as this little guy's uh, getting his uh, backdoor action, you just hear, uh, ah, ah, ah. Bingo! Yeah, that's right. You're my little prison bingo bitch. Wow. So there you go. Uh, don't mess with the old, the oldies, the old ladies. <laughs> I mean, people take their bingo seriously, man. I remember when I was a, a little kid, uh, we have a cottage up in uh, northern Canada. And, uh, you know, we were city folks. We were born and raised in the city. But every summer, our folks took us up to this cottage that was on a lake in the middle of the forest. And uh, it was like a whole new world. And the closest thing to us was a little tiny town. A little tiny, tiny town, like probably had a population of about maybe a hundred people. I mean, it wasn't much. And in the town, they had a gas station and a general store and a church and a community center. It was really small. And, uh, you know, this goes back to the 60s, the 70s when I was a little kid. And needless to say, you know, these these folks were kind of hicks, you know, that good, solid, salt-of-the-earth folks, but, you know, back in those days, when you lived in a small town outside of a city, you, you had no connection to the big city. It's not like today where you have YouTube and social media and all the news channels. I mean, a lot of those communities, when I was a kid out, out in the boonies, they didn't even get a TV signal. So they really just lived through the radio, really, you know. And I'll never forget that, a little uh, community center. <laughs> and sometimes in the summer, they would, they would uh, you know, have bingo night. And, of course, my mother, who was, uh, you know, always into these kind of games, she, she would take me and my sisters and my cousins down for bingo night in this little town. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she was just there to enjoy the bingo at the community center. But us being kids, you know, we came from the city, so we weren't kind of used to the country bumpkin kind of way people talked and looked and did their hair and the way they dressed and just uh, their demeanor, the way they socialized. It, it was uh, a lot different than what we knew. It was alien. Um, so obviously being alien and different and being out of context for us kids, all we had was to really make fun of it. And we would laugh and and look at the people, and uh, it was it was kind of cruel. But you know, we're in the bingo hall, and it's an, a foreign environment to us. And and uh, you know, the hairdos look different, and just the look on people's faces, you know. And so, me and my cousins, who are little brats and and you know, naive and stupid kids. We started looking at people and their characteristics and started giving giving names to everybody. There was this one lady that had a really kind of high bun on her head. She had a narrow face and kind of her teeth weren't too good. And she had kind of these uh, kind of crazy, like, bluish-green eyes. And right away we called her the wolf lady. And there was another kid that was kind of fat with glasses, and we called him chubby chicken. 
man, I'm laughing just thinking about it. So we would see all these people, and we'd just start, you know, laughing and saying their names and make making werewolf noises to the wolf lady. We're like, <laughs> my mother, who took it real serious, and who was a social worker, so she had a very, uh, a very astute social awareness, social consciousness. She was very sensitive to us mocking these locals. And, of course, the more she, the, the matter she got, the more upset she got about it, the, the funnier it seemed to us. You know how that works with kids, right? That the more, uh, the more you're not supposed to do something, the more you want to do it. And so we, me and my cousin couldn't stop kind of whispering these jokes and comments back and forth and pointing. And there goes Chubby Chicken. There goes the wolf lady. <laughs> and so all these characters... You got to remember, are under the roof of an already kind of funny situation, a funny backdrop, a local bingo hall at a small northern Canadian town, and just the whole vibe was kind of weird and off. You know, it's kind of like a David Lynch movie or something. And uh, as as silly as it sounds, that's actually a fond childhood memory of mine. Because it was so kind of out of left field and weird and, and obscure and, uh, you know, just felt out of context. But it was it was kind of unique and quirky and silly. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, if I ever hurt the feelings of uh, the wolf lady or a chubby chicken <laughs> or any of you other local yokels, <laughs> I uh, do apologize and, uh, you know, let me just say to all of you, uh, just so you know that uh, my apology is sincere, let me just say this. Bingo! And there you go. Arr, 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 arr. Bingo! 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 Chubby chicken! Bingo! Straight to small town hell. Bingo! Oh yeah! Wow. Okay. So there you go. Watch, watch yourself behave, and uh, stay out of jail. You don't want to be someone's uh, prison house bingo bitch. <laughs> oh. Uh, so hey, let's wrap it up. That's our show for today. We end it uh, at the bingo hall. Um, don't forget, uh, if you're uh, in Seattle, Washington, uh, this weekend, I will be there. I will be there doing stand up live at the parlor live. Uh, you got to check it out. It's the, uh, beautiful comedy club called the parlor live. You can go to the website. Uh, you can go to my website, harlowilliams.com and get all the information. Click on my stand up uh, tab. And that will take you to the links. You can order your uh, tickets online or uh, there's a number there to call and make a reservation. It's a great club, great times. Uh, my uh, my friend Adam Ray will be opening for me there. And uh, come on out. Seattle, Washington, uh, Thursday, uh, March 28th, right through till uh, Saturday, 
March 30th. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I will be there. I will be selling my uh, brand-new stand-up special, Harlan Williams, A Force of Nature. You can pick one up after the show, or if you're not going to be there, you can always go to harlanwilliams.com and pick one up, a hard copy, or you can download on iTunes, uh, which is kind of the new way people are doing this kind of stuff. So uh, cool, cool stuff. Uh, And then the next weekend, oh, my God, one of my favorite clubs. Um, If you live in Ohio, specifically if you live in Columbus, Ohio, uh, I will be there April. We're kicking off April in Columbus. Uh, Three nights only, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, April 5, 6, 7, at the Funny Bone in Columbus, Ohio. Again, go to my website, and uh, you can get all the pertinent information right there at harlemwilliams.com. If you want to call and leave a phone message, 323-739-4330. If you want to write me, harlemwilliams.com is the place to go. And uh, hope you had a great time. And uh, that's it. We are done. Until next time, ladies and snifflertle blurgans, I will wish you goodbye by saying, as always, chicken chow mein, baby. Bingo!